Welcome to Beyond the Shoots is presented by Parasite Systems. I'm your host, Doug Simcox, and I hope that you are having a great day, staying safe and staying warm. If you are driving while listening to this podcast, we're going to highly encourage you to keep both hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, eyes up, Pat. <laughs> Today, I am recording in Pafard, New York. Am I saying that right, Sam? Pafard? Very good. Very good. You like that? Yeah. And BTC, Beyond the Shoots, is on the road again. We're sitting here at the table in Sam's recording studio at the Rawhide Ranch in Pafard, New York, um, with not only my co-host, Sam Swearingen, of course, two-time world champion saddle bronc rider uh, with the North America Rodeo Commission, and Mr. Pat Tooley. At one time, he put on a great rodeo in upstate New York, Clarkston, New York. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today. Welcome, Pat, to our recording studio on this Tuesday afternoon. Well, thank you very much, Doug. I really appreciate this. Great to have you with us. And uh, we've known each other for, what, 20-some years. You and Sam probably known each other, what? 50, 60 years, something like that. Oh, pretty close to it through his father with, uh, I knew his father from work and all that stuff. We both belonged to the same union and that. And... Okay. So, so we'll get into your work life and that sort of thing. As we go, the order of events here, talk a little bit about growing up. What, <laughs> what earliest memories? Where, where, how? Well, uh, I was born in Greece, Greece, New York, which is outside of Rochester there and uh, back in 1946 and uh, <clears throat> excuse me the uh, the neighborhood you go down through there now there's nothing but a big mall and all kinds of fancy houses and for some reason when you go down that road you come to there where I was born that house is still there all covered up with ply the windows are all boarded up but that house is still there the house is there today today right today oh my goodness okay uh, it's uh, like i said it was back in 1946 and that house is still there okay and uh how long did you live in that house well we moved out of there in 52 okay because uh i'm the oldest of 10 and uh my mother had 10 children 10 children oldest you are the oldest of 10 i'm the oldest of 10 how how uh, how much older are you than the youngest 15 years. 15 years. And they had ten, my mother had 10 kids in 15 years. And we go boy, girl, boy, girl, and there's no twins. Boy, girl, boy, girl, all and the way down. All the way down. And there's less than a year between me and my sister. Like my birthday's on the 29th. Her sister is on the same month on the 8th. Oh, my goodness. And uh, my youngest brother was 15 15 years younger. She they had she had 10 kids in 15 years. 10 kids in 15 years. That's a lot of going now. That's, that's <laughs> Yeah. And and do you remember did you have to take care of the kids? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And uh nice thing about being the oldest and the first one there uh I got most of the new clothes. Did you? Yeah, you know. And <laughs> <Okay. laughs> you know back in the the late 40s and 50s and that uh things were tough and my father was yeah. uh a general contractor. Napping? Pardon? Your dad was napping after all the work, taking care of having the kids? <laughs> I I think he did a little sorry, nap there once sorry, in a while. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's yeah. all right. But, so he uh, was a general contractor. Back 
back then, a general, a house builder, a general contractor, he did everything. I mean, they poured the forters, laid the blocks, did the, but the only thing they didn't do was electric and plumbing. That's when a general contractor was out there with his tools doing everything. Okay. Not like some of these guys that claim they're builders and all this other stuff, you know. Start to finish. They did yep. finish work and everything. Yep. Everything. Hung the cabinets, set the countertops. Everything. Wow. A lot of times he ended up uh, making his own cabinets. Really? Cabinet and maker. He was an excellent carpenter. Guys would uh, call him up and give him dimensions, and he could build you a set of steps, and he wouldn't be an eighth of an inch off. Or you give him the width of your house and all that, he'd cut your rafters right there in his, his barn. And uh, he was he was good. How did he get started? Do you know? I really don't know. Okay. But I know uh, he's very miserable to work for. Very well, miserable. So you did work for him a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if it wasn't for my years working with my father, I wouldn't have had the worst ethics that got me through my career. Okay. And to this day, guys that I have taught say that uh, my favorite thing was, you know, this is the way I want you to do it. And if you don't, you know, my father would say the same thing. This is how I want you to do it. Well, after you do so the same thing so many times, you kind of want to try something different, mm -hmm. and he wouldn't stand for it. Okay, okay. We did this one job in the city there, and uh, he was an excellent, uh, after his contracting days, his partner got killed, and uh, he went to work for the overhead door company. And uh, he... Worked out of Rochester, but they would, the overhead door would call, hire him. And like he worked in Fort Worth, Texas, there, them big uh, hangers, he would put up them doors and all that, you know. Okay. And uh, he was very stubborn. But uh, this one job we did in the city, he uh, he threw me off more times. The, the bus driver on the city, city transit bus knew me by name would help me put my tools on the bus to get a ride back to the shop really yeah okay but you know when uh with my career when i started in training guys and i would tell them this is how i want you to do it and uh, when they would call me up and say something was wrong i could tell them you know basically and one of the things that i wouldn't let them do is have a radio or anything to distract them. Okay. Because I run asphalt. I was in charge of five asphalt plants over the years making okay. blacktop. Okay. And I could tell just by the sound of what was going on with a with a plant or something. If, you know, if something was plugged up or something. So asphalt plants. I made the blacktop. You made the blacktop. You weren't pouring it. You weren't no, laying it. I no, wouldn't want, I didn't want nothing to do with it. And so. how many years were you in that business? 22. 22. And how did you find that business? Well, I was working for another company, traveling, mm -hmm. uh, running a concrete pump. And okay. I might, uh, like the Buffalo Bill Stadium, I pumped a lot of concrete up there. Really? And uh, But I this was back in the mid-60s. Yeah. And, you know, when you got done with a job, I would call in because we didn't have cell phones and all that stuff back then. And mm -hmm. an operator would tell me, well, you got to be in Harrisburg tomorrow at 5 o'clock or you might have to be in Philadelphia, and then you finish up there, and they'd send you back someplace else. So pumping concrete, pumping you con you you brought the you drove the truck in, you well, drove the rig in with the pump. If, yeah. What would happen is the trucks would back in, 
dump it into like a hopper, and you yep. had these plungers that pushed it and all okay. that stuff. Okay. I I uh, I could pump. I don't know how far. Yeah, yeah. I know I did a nuclear power plant up in Oswego there, and uh, pumped 150 feet down and 1,700 feet out into the lake. Holy cow! In uh, some high rises there in the city of Rochester, 40 stories high and all yeah, that. And, yeah. But there was two of us that did it, and we would spend two weeks on the road and two weeks home and everything. And I got tired of the traveling with my after I had my two kids, and uh, I quit. Okay. And uh, I was sitting on my front porch, or my swing there under the tree, and the guy from down to quarry went by, and he says, what are you doing? I says, I ain't doing nothing. I says, I'm just taking it easy. Yeah. He says, you know anything about blacktop? I says, well, I know there's a lot of smoke coming out the top and a big fire down below. He says, why don't you come down and talk to us? Really? So I went down and talked to him, and I got hired, and I ended up being there 22 years. was in charge of five plants. and Good work? Yeah. Good yeah. work. You enjoyed it? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what, uh, you know, like they say, if you don't enjoy your job, that's when it is a job. And yeah. I had good guys that worked for me, and I had some that weren't good, and— uh, Every morning we'd go over our situation, and I'd remind them that every one of you guys have got a female hormone in you, and it all kicks in at least once a day, you know. And <laughs> but uh, I had I had good guys working for me. Okay, and, that's uh, good. Um, so backing up before that, I I'm sitting here looking at pictures of you when you were three years old. Three years, years old is the first one. Got the yep. six shooters on. Got a got double double holsters oh yeah what yeah. a what an outfit you're wearing I oldest I, of 10 probably yep. oldest of two or three at that I point i wish they still had that outfit be uh, worth some money be worth some money so always been uh always been drawn to yep. the cowboy stuff yes sir and when i was five years old for my first communion my grandmother bought me my first horse really yep okay so so you weren't living in town anymore then no, we had moved down to, uh, but my father bought a little farm down in, uh, still in Greece, Greece, but it was only five, six miles from where we used to live. And okay. Down there, and he had a barn, and uh, he had about 15 acres. And okay. I had nice. my horse. and You could ride all the acres? Oh, yeah. In fact, uh, things were t- tough, you know, and uh, when I was 10 years old, my father lied about my age so I could get a paper route. Okay. And I rode that horse for, uh, till I was 18, graduated from school in 65. Delivering papers off the back of your horse? Off the back of my horse. I would leave the house every morning at 5.30, and we would be back at quarter to seven. Okay. And and in the cold weather, and it gets cold up here. Didn't matter. Did you ride with saddle or ride bareback so you could stay warm? With my warm? saddle because I had you? my little paper bag. Oh, you had your paper bag. Okay. And uh, some of the sections, there'd be like four or five houses. I mean, back then, back in the 50s, the paper seven days a week was only 60 cents. Yeah. And uh, some of the people wanted it brought into their doorstep. Sure. Well, I'm not going to run it, <laughs> go in and out every driveway, so I would ride across the yard. Oh, no. And people complained, and Did I they? told them, I said, yeah. no way. I said, I'm, I'm paid to put it in your mailbox, not your front <laughs> steps. Well, when I started riding old tax, yeah, we'd go up to the one house, and Mrs. White would be there every morning to give him a carrot. 
and we'd go to Mrs. Ellis there. She'd give him a piece of apple, and okay. somebody, and he knew that route better than I did. In <laughs> uh, delivering newspapers. Yep. How many How many years did you have? Uh, they took did you it have away from the route? Me. They took it away from me when I was eighteen. Because when I When I graduated from high school. Was you Was you planning on that being your career path? No, 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 <laughs> no, no. But uh, I had to put my horse down. Oh no! How old was Tex at that point? Thirty. 33, oh I think. Oh, my. Okay. But he was a good, good yeah. little horse. Yeah. And uh, yeah. when I graduated, my grandmother says, uh, well, Patty, what would you like for a graduation present? Just, no, this is 1965. 1965. I said, Grandma, I'd like a Mustang. And she said, oh, she said, I don't think I can afford another horse. <laughs> I said, no, Grandma, it's a Ford Mustang car. You okay. know, back then you could get a real good one for both. 3500 bucks. Brand new. But she thought I meant a Mustang horse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So so growing up, um, was there a rodeo around that you remember? Yes, there was. There was uh, in the city of Rochester, they were at Edgerton Park. There used to be. In fact, I've got a program a guy gave me from back in uh, the third. I should have brought it. I'll give it to you because I don't know what I'm going to do with it. From back, I, I went to him when I was younger and all that. But I never... Can I? I never really got involved. Well, I've been going to Attica Rodeo 58, 59 years. Yeah, yeah. So was Attica, okay. So one of the things Sam and I, no, it's okay. One of the things that Sam and I have been talking about is how did rodeo kind of come to be in upstate New York? Well, we've got some pretty good cowboys up here that people don't know about. Yeah. Uh, like Tommy Kimmel. I don't know if you know him, Sam. His father's yeah. the one mm-hmm. that got basically the team roping started. Fred Kimmel. F- Fred Kimmel, yeah. yeah. And uh, Gary Mazurka and uh, the uh, B- Bernie Buckemeyer and them guys. I'm very curious about Edgerton Park. I've never heard that they did rodeos. Yeah, yeah. So let me ask you this. Uh, there was a guy from Waverly, New York, Colonel Eskew. Is he the one that did the rodeos? I really couldn't tell you. But what okay. I'll do, I saved this program, and it's just like okay. brand new. It was ten, five cents for the program. <laughs> In fact, I was going to donate mm-hmm. it to the uh, New York State Rodeo Museum. Uh-huh. And it's got all the contestants and everything in there. Neat. Neat. I'd love to see that because yeah. we've been trying to put some pieces together from, you know, these earlier years, and I've seen flyers on the on the New York Rodeo uh, state museum yep. facebook group page from like the late 40s yeah and do you remember the rodeo i mean was it a well, wild west kind of a show it was a lot different yeah it, uh, nothing like it was nowadays and of course you didn't have the bleachers and and all that other stuff but uh, i started going to them when i was really young and then having my horse yeah and uh some of the other people in the neighborhood they had horses and you know we did a lot of trail riding and Okay. It would. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing, but uh, my father cut everybody's hair in the neighborhood. Okay. And you could tell, people could tell where we was from because we all had the same Kyle haircut. You had a brush, <laughs> and he just you had a brush cut, and that was it. You know, oh, yeah. you're from down Waltuli's area, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can tell. And, huh. uh, you mentioned Attica, uh, fifty-eight, fifty-seven, fifty-eight years. This yeah. year they celebrated their sixty-fifth year. Yeah. Were you there this year? No. 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 What's your earliest memory of going there? How old would you have been? 
Oh, God. I've been in my mid-20s. You were that old when, before yeah. you got there. And that's a bit of a run from... It's about 45 minutes. Not bad. I okay. take the back roads. Okay. And how did you hear that rodeo? Do you remember? Well, I knew that it was first weekend in August. Okay. And uh, in fact, that's basically how I got hooked up with Sam and that is uh, going to Attica. Okay. And, uh, oh. The more I went, the more I got involved. And uh, I don't know, it, it just was my lifestyle, the, the cowboys and all that. And I remember the first pickup man I ever seen was old Paul Yorks. Paul and, Yorks. Yeah. I'll, I'll correct what you just said, though. What's that? You said Paul Yorks? It was a Yorks. Roy Yorks. Roy Yorks, I'm sorry. And everything. So Roy Yorks was the pickup man. One he, of them. One of them. And funny man? Old Man Barrett. Old Man Barrett. What do you remember? Was that the first time you saw Old Man Barrett? Yeah. Would have been at Attica? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What stood out for you on his axe? Oh, just the big cigar and him being so short and his car. and You know, it was it was a very nice, you know, fun. It was a good, good guy. He was a good guy to watch and all that. And I'll never forget you right close to the fence when uh, – Roy York's come through there, and you'd hear the horses squealing and him a-hollering and carrying on and all that, and I kind of got hooked, and I went back every year after that. Okay. Yeah, o- Old Man Barrett was, uh, at that day, one of the elites across the country. They'd go to Florida in the winter, I think, and, you know, you didn't realize it, but I've seen some of the pictures, and they, they were multiple places, you know, of big, big rodeos he traveled nationally yeah okay as far as i know i i can't but i've seen pictures of huge crowds behind so um yeah oh that's cool and and other rodeos in the area do you remember any uh gary 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 i'll never forget that one there we went down and uh one of the acts the guy the clown had a roman chariot but he had a rooster in the front of it Okay. And when he come in that arena, that rooster, just feet could just barely touch. And that chicken, that rooster was kicking up dirt like you wouldn't believe. My wife and we still laugh over that. Okay. Like they went on to me uh, training my chicken. And I trained a chicken, Elizabeth, but uh, she got killed by a fox. And it was, uh, I had her, I was training her to do tricks. I had her take her out in the arena. She'd do jumps and run barrels and all that. You had a chicken. Yeah. Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Rhode Island Red. And you trained the chicken. Yeah. But why Why in the world did a fox get it? Well, because I take her on the horse, take her on my horse, riding on my horse. Oh, of course. And uh, we were going one day, and I put her back in the barn in the stall, and she flew, got out. and Followed you. Trying to follow me, and a fox got her. And oh, my. I ended up getting a fox. What do you mean? He killed my chicken. You oh, know. you ran him down. Yeah. You found him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are you sure it was that fox? No, but it relative somewhere along the line. And, <laughs> do, do you know what kind of chicken that was pulling the chariot? Uh-uh. It was a Rhode Island Red, I think. It was a pullet. Oh. <laughs> that was part of the joke. Oh, is that part of the yeah, joke? You know what so kind you, of chicken I yeah. got? So yeah, who was the... I don't remember the clown or anything. But. See, there was a guy from Michigan... And I think you worked a rodeo because I hired Cook. a Toad Cook. Toad Cook. Toad Cook. Good golly. We got to get but Toad Cook. I don't know too. if it was the same because I don't know if he had his PRC card then, but he was 
incredible. Oh, yeah. Incredible. And yeah. that's what he called it. It was his pull-up. His yeah. pull-up. <laughs> I mean, he co- he come in that arena. Of course, he was pushing the thing, but he'd go, whoa, and he'd pick that thing up, and that chicken's legs were going and carrying on. And I'll never forget that. That was one of the – it was a great act. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, so – you grew up on horses. Let's go back there. Mm-hmm. You found rodeo fairly early on. Edgerton Park, new for us, mm-hmm. in Rochester, New York. And then, of course, you find your way to Attica, uh, Gary. And then you took a break and went racing for a while. Yeah, for a while, when my son got old enough there. But I still had a horse. You did, all I the way had, through. Yeah. You, you've always had horses. Yep. In fact, that's uh, the reason I quit drinking. The horse? No, between my horses and my son with his go-karts. and uh, Expensive hobbies. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. And the horse, too. You know? The what? <laughs> and the horse. And, uh, horses. The day my grandson was born, I held him, and December 12th, I'll be starting my 32nd year. And uh, 10, 16 in the morning, I held my grandson, and I looked at my wife and my son, and I said, you know, between the horses and the go-karts, and everything else, I said, something's got to quit. And I says, my grandkids will never smell alcohol on my breath. And I quit that day. And 32 December, years ago. 32 years. I'll be December 12th, I'll be starting my 32nd year. Really? Yes, sir. Not a drop. Not a drop. Good for you. Excellent. And trust me, yeah. there's been times. Yeah, sure. No doubt. No <laughs> like, doubt. Uh, my favorite saying is, you know, I've had good times, bad times, highs and lows, ups and downs, weddings, funerals, and... Uh, Never even thought about drinking, but about one more day with you guys, I'm going to get me a six pack. You know, but I've I've never and been to Vegas where it's yeah. free. Never yeah. had a drop in thirty. Be starting and good for you. Years. Good for you. And you just made that decision. Enough's that enough. De- I'm just old, cranky, and stubborn. That's okay. What, uh, okay. Why I did it. So so the racing, you guys you guys traveled quite a bit. Yeah. You was going yeah. pretty hard. Mostly New York State, Pennsylvania. <clears throat> in fact, my son to this day back in. Uh, 94. Mm-hmm. He was racing uh, with them KT 100s, and I was racing in what they called the senior class. And we both had the same engines, except his was modified, and mine, we had a little can on it. Mm-hmm. In the one race, the Cherry Valley Classic, I won, I qualified, I won the pole, won my heat race, and I started in the race, and my son, he won the pole, won his heat race, and set fastest times. And to this day, the New York State Police were doing the timing. He still holds that track record of 106 miles an hour on that go-kart. And this was on a dirt track? Asphalt. Asphalt. Five-eighths mile road course. Road course? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And uh, first thing uh, we do every Monday, no, Monday I get, I had a... Free fiberglasses seat because you know Doug, we're only five eighths of an yep. inch off the ground and yep. all that. But he still holds that speed record up there. Really, a hundred and six in yeah, a hundred and six. Two inch. I mean, like he says, you're two yeah, inches you're, you're above on the, the ground. ground. Oh, and the sensation of speed when you're oh. that low. Yeah, it's like on a you know a snowmobile is a foot off the ground. You feel like you're flying when you're oh, yeah. thirty. Yeah, yeah. So could you imagine a hundred and six? Oh, he could wow. go. He could get up and back at them guys, and. Uh, he just give him a little nudge, you know. He he's like a, a modern day around here, Danny Johnson, Dan, Dan, excuse me, 
demolition, demolition Danny, we call him, because he'll give you a couple bumps. You don't get out of his way. He'll push you out of the way. Okay. And my son was the same way. He'd give you a couple bumps. If you didn't get out of his way, you're gone. He'd dump you. Yeah. He'd, He'd get around you. Yep. And, and where were the tracks he would run? Uh, we run Avon mostly and uh, every Sunday. And then we go up to Syracuse there to Cherry Valley. Okay. And then we did indoor racing at the New York State Fairgrounds. Really? In uh, Paradise Speedway. Okay. Lime Rock. You went to Lime Rock, Connecticut. No, no. Lime no. Rock here in New York. In New York. Yeah. That was a dirt track, though. In, uh, Asf- I'm, I'm sorry, uh, dirt oval or dirt? Dirt oval. Dirt oval. And, okay. Uh, the, but we stuck mostly to the asphalt. Okay. And uh, we went to a Columbus to a track down there. And I, it's been quite a while, but uh, he uh, he did very well. Yeah. Did very well. And uh, what what I ended did, it? Just, just pardon? what ended it? Just enough. Well, he kind of we moved up. We went to one of those six hundred cc modified midgets. You did, yeah. Wing, yeah. Big wing, yeah. Okay. And that was going very good. Yeah. But uh, it was expensive. Yeah. Of course, I told the wife it wouldn't be any different than the go karts and all that, but uh, <laughs> not true. He did very good, and yeah. I wasn't worrying about my son's driving ability. It was the other guys. Sure. And this one night, guy spun him out, and he sat there right in the corner. They went by him four times. Guy come around, run right into the side of him, said he didn't see him, and he never moved because he had to have a push cart. Yeah. And he come in and he says, "You know, Dad." He says, I hate to be a quitter, but he says, I'm just about fed up with this. And he said, I'd like to go back racing my dirt bikes. Okay. And I says, well, sons, no problem, because I yeah. says, I want to expand my horses. So Okay, okay. So, so moved out of racing at got that Got out time. of the racing. That was uh, 2005. Okay. Or no, 2001, I think. Okay. And one of my favorite memories with you was you coming in Annapolis Motor Speedway for qualifying day. Yeah. Yeah. And we sat up there, and you, you, who were you with? There was somebody. My who, wife, my daughter, but, and uh, this little guy, Rick Hoyt. And he's been there, last year was the first year he didn't go, and he'd been there like 68 years or I something. was going to say. And he uh, he had some front-end machine that they, he had a patent on, and they still use it out there. Okay. And uh, you probably remember the grandson that was with him there to color that lab. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, yeah, but he, Rick's in his nineties now. And wasn't he associated with the team that actually tried out or qualified for the five hundred? There was some connection there. Well, I he uh, he was very good friends with AJ Foyt. Okay. And uh, he would go right in AJ's pits and all that. Okay, right okay. there. And his son Ricky is into. The, them type of cars and that stuff and yeah uh, they still go and we still see them and everything okay yeah no that was that was a great memory that, no, that's, that saturday uh, my son went back to the dirt bikes and i just expanded my horse stuff up. for a while then you said i ought to put on a rodeo yeah clarkston yeah. now where were you living when you were racing where were you living in rockport new york in where Rock- i live there now which is West of here, about 45 minutes. North, north, northwest. East, yeah, northwest. Down that way. <laughs> okay, okay. North, north, basically. Yeah. And Clarkston is? 
Five miles from my house. Five miles. So you were in the Clarkson Township, basically? No, I lived in Brockport. You did? Okay. But um, like I was saying, this friend of mine, they donated the property. Yeah. And after I retired, in, uh, I was working for the town of Clarkson. And we had this oh. uh, arena back there. And I asked them about it, and they says, go for it. But they had no idea what a rodeo was like. Yeah. No idea. And if I'm remembering the grounds, there was softball and baseball uh, fields. Uh, yeah, there was a foot, little football field and yeah. kids softball and that stuff up at the end and all okay. that. Okay. But the arena was already there, permanent yeah. arena? Yeah. And when do you know when that got built? And why? Well, it started out as a horse show. It did. Okay. And uh, when I decided to start the rodeo, we built some berms, and I heard about a school district that had some bleachers, and they wanted to get rid of them. So I went out and I talked to them, and they says, well, you can take and use them, and when you're done with them, bring them back. Yeah. So I had seating there on the east side, mm -hmm. and then I was looking in the paper one day, and uh, out at the Monroe County Fairgrounds, they had a racetrack, dirt track. And they were going to build a new Wegmans. And the, uh, they were putting, I went out to a construction show, and I asked the lady about the bleachers. And she said they were putting them up for scrap iron prices. So I says, I'd like to get in on that. Yeah. Well, I went back home, and I talked to the supervisor and Clarkson and one of the assemblymen in that I knew one. We pulled some strings, and I got all them bleachers for a hundred bucks. Holy cow! Yeah. Okay. And the town went out, and we took them down and put them up. And I had seating for thirty-five hundred on both sides. So when did you decide I'm going to put on a rodeo? When did you say we're going to go? I started getting ready for it in two thousand and four. Okay. And I had contact Sam about it. Okay. And, and you guys had met how you and Sam. Uh, basically through the rodeo. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've known of Pat, but I've never really met him to speak okay. of. Okay. You know, we probably shook hands a time or two, but uh, never really any conversation. And you knew Jim, Sam's dad? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, uh, Sam's dad run heavy equipment, great shovel operator and excavator operator. And uh, through my buddy, Donnie Hefner, who had quite a few horses. And that's how I met Jimmy. And, and Donnie's uh, the one that donated the land. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. All the connections here. Okay. I think I met, that's how I met you. Was Donnie was looking for a broodmare or something, and we come down here, and your dad was showing us what he what you guys had and all that stuff. And I'm sure it wasn't one of mine, because <laughs> Donnie had good bred horses. He didn't want a bucking horse. <laughs> <laughs> well, they were, he was looking for something. Some yeah. kind of horse or something. Well, Dad, my father could have had some horses yeah, here. Yeah, I yeah. see. I see. Just down the road here was. Yeah. Because we got. We remember coming up this road, and Jimmy says, "Well, we got some here." We went over there and looked, and we went over here, and we looked all around. There's horses and all that stuff. <laughs> there were a lot of horses back in the day. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so no background in promoting any kind of event Not a drop. back to the racing you never said i'm going to put on a race and we're going to invite people into race so 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 why rodeo why well where this arena was we had to go back in past the lifetime assistance it was special I people that. yep i remember that and we would ride there on tuesday nights mm-hmm 
I was president of this horse club that did horse shows and all that. Well, we'd meet there on Tuesday nights to ride. Well, when we went by them special people, they raised so much heck that their counselors would bring them back. And the horses were entirely different with them people. Yeah. Old Rose and Eddie and Paul and them. Them horses would put their heads down and just like they knew something was wrong. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, they raised so much uh, heck that they would come back there. Well, I, when I thought about the rodeo and I talked about to Sam with it, and uh, I started traveling with Sam in 2004, going to different rodeos to see how people got treated. Yeah. You know, like you went to Benton, good facilities, they take care of you. We did one in Jamestown. We had a camp right on the main street. I see. That's where Sam Printer got wiped out there that one day. But, you know, some of the places we went, you got treated really, really good. Yeah. And then you could go to another one, and they could care less about you. Hmm. Well, I wanted to make it easy and comfortable for the cowboys. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I traveled for a year, and then Sam and I come to an agreement, and we started in 05. And, uh, and did you have a rodeo committee? Yes, yes. You did? Yeah. So you had a whole crew. All volunteers. All volunteers. So how did you even know? I mean, I know you're working with Sam. Um, how did you know how to promote the rodeo? How I did, didn't. You didn't? I just started looking for sponsors. Okay. People to help. Okay. And uh, a lot of the vendors were calling me. Yeah. And uh, we just went around begging, asking for money. And okay. First year, we did pretty good. I mean, not compared... We made a little money, not yeah. much, but yeah. uh, and then over the years it grew and all that. But uh, now, when I look back, I would have done things a little different. What would you have done? Well, I wouldn't give you a let you put up a twenty by forty tent for fifty bucks. I know that, right? right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or uh, different things, you know. Yeah. What were the challenges of getting people in to the rodeo? The biggest thing here. In our area, was we were facing so much uh, little league soccer and football and lacrosse and kids for the family really wasn't family oriented. They weren't used to the rodeos. Okay, that. but uh, once the first one went on, yeah, it uh, really grew. Yeah, it grew good. But getting back to getting started, yeah, these special ed people. I went to Sam, and I said, Sam, I'd like to do something for them special ed kids, them people. Yeah. And he says, whatever you want to do. Yeah. So we started on a Thursday afternoon at noon. We called it a special rodeo, uh, a mini rodeo for our special friends. Yeah. Lasted about 45 minutes. Because okay. I, with your help, I did the announcing. Mm -hmm. And like I said, my attention span was only good for about 45 <laughs> minutes. Right. But with the help of Sam... Uh, local supermarket in a convenience store, everybody that come to that rodeo, you got a bottle of water, a snack, and an ice cream. Really? In the first year, I, the ice cream I give out was Nutty Buddies. Okay. That's what I like. Right. Well, I had two kids that couldn't have them because of the oh, chocolate because, and peanuts. Because of the peanuts, allergies. So okay. we went to Vanilla Dixie Cups. Okay. And it grew. I had 60 the first year. Well, then we started out sending out invitations. And we ended up, we had schools coming from Medina to Walworth. 
Oh, my. I invited veterans from the VA hospitals in Batavia and Canandaigua. We had nursing homes, daycare centers, schools, because there was like a little playground that the town had. They'd come in there in the morning and them little kids. But anyways, the last year we did it, we had over 1,100 kids. Good golly. So we we talk a lot about the why do you put on a rodeo, and we know there's a lot of rodeos, Benton included, that gives to the community, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you were you bake the community, the the special needs kids. Um, you baked it right into your rodeo from from minute one. It sounds like. And uh, I did a lot of talks at schools. In fact, Dalen and Colton, when they were little, back when uh, Colton was doing the roping, mm-hmm. we went there to Brockport. And Dalen was in there, and Colton was in there, and they brought a horse. And I'll never forget it. We set him outside. And when we got done, the thing the kids all went through, and Colton was up on the top of the horse doing the roping and all that stuff. And uh, like I said, it uh, for me, it was about 360 days a year I worked on that rodeo, yeah. doing uh, yeah. going to schools, churches, different organizations, talking about it and everything. And then... Uh, I think it was 2006 was the first year I went to Wyoming. Going west on the ranch. So, in, and for our listeners, you'd go out there for how long oh, at a time? One year there, I was there pretty near three months. Really? Yeah. Uh, same ranch? Same ranch. Okay. Up in Grass Creek, Wyoming. Okay. And uh, I'll never forget it. Of course, you know, I kind of wander her a little bit, but uh, I was out there over a couple months and I got a letter from the wife who I'm very fortunate let me go. In fact, I think she's glad to get rid of me, but uh, I called it a Dear Pat letter. You know, oh, Dear oh, Pat, no. everything's good, no oh, problems, no. kids are going good, blah, 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 blah. Love, Donna. P.S. I know you're having a good time. If you want to stay longer, go ahead. Now, the mail only come two day, twice a week out there. Okay. And it took about three weeks to get a letter out there. Okay. Well, I've still got this letter because it wasn't dated. Okay. I've got it hid. Yeah. I'm not going to say where. Yeah. But in case I ever end up in divorce court over okay. these road, I, I, your honor, it's right there in writing. I wouldn't <laughs> even go that far. You know, there's going to be millions of people going to hear this podcast. Yeah. And now they're going to know there's this letter in existence. Well, yeah. And there's no date on it. So if I, when I end up in, you know, which I don't think is going to happen think so? after 56 years. Yeah. No, I think yeah. I'm pretty God bless her. God, God bless, bless her. her. She's well, a good woman. I'll be the first to admit <laughs> she is a super good woman for putting up with me. Yeah. Really. But I've still got this letter. So in the middle of putting on this rodeo, you decide you're going to, and, and this was quite an adventure for you to go west. Well, what it started is I retired when I was 57. Okay. And it was something I always wanted to do was go west. Well, I met this Nate Brown and in uh, Quarter Horse Congress out in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. And he gave me his card and everything. <clears throat> and when I retired, Donna says, now that you're retired, why don't you go and uh, finish up one of your dreams that you wanted to do? Yeah. So I called him up, Yeah. went out. Paid a thousand bucks for two weeks. Not bad. Had a great time. And when I left, he shook my hand and he says, If you ever want to work for me, he says, You're more than welcome. 
So I was home about a month. Now, old Nate ended up in the Cow- Wyoming Cowboy Hall of Fame. Really? Okay. And uh, he called me up, and he had to go in for an operation. And uh, the only way he... His one his feet were so pigeon toed, I you couldn't believe it. But he set them himself over numerous breaks, and uh, he called me up and uh, he had to get a knee replaced. Yeah, and they figured the only way they could keep him down is to fix his ankle. Mm. So he was laid up. So he called me up and he says, "Any chance you could come back and Do give some us a more. hand?" I'll be darned. I says, "Nate, I'd love to." Yeah, but I says, "I can't afford it." Yeah, he says, "Oh, he says won't cost you nothing." I says, well, let me talk to the wife. Yeah. So she says, well, if you want to go, go. Yeah. Well, then Nate called up, and I said, yeah, Nate, I can come out, but I said, I don't know if I can afford airfare. He says, it ain't going to cost you nothing. We'll pay for whatever you want to do. Really? Nice. So I drove. Yeah. Took all my gear, my yeah. own stuff and everything, and yeah. went out and helped them. And I started going back. I was out there 12, 12 years. Really? Okay. And uh, it didn't cost me a cent, Yeah. but I would help them. But you were and, a cowboy. You were a ranch hand. I got to do the real thing. Yeah. And uh, we'd spend some years, one year there, we was out nine days sleeping in the sleeping bags. and uh, Really? Okay. With the herd and all that. And the biggest herd I helped them move one, one year was 1,100 head. Really? And I got to do the real, be with the real cowboys. Yeah. Not yeah. pretend like I am and all that. But I've been through the lifestyle and okay. uh, some of the, before I went out. Yeah. I read a book from Tim O'Byrne, Cowboys and Buckaroos, to hear the different rules, okay. unwritten rules that okay. nobody knows about. You know, <laughs> you, you don't ride in front of the, the Wrangler. Okay. You don't, the first thing you do is don't upset the cook and, yeah, yeah. you know, sit in the middle so you don't have, if the gate's open, you know, all this <laughs> yeah. other stuff. You don't and, have uh, to climb out. I, uh, I was kind of quiet. Yeah. Didn't say nothing. Because yeah. I really didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. Well, this one, and uh, I was helping Brandon, and I messed my shoulder up real bad. And I was living on Tylenol, mm-hmm. Advil, anything I could get. Yeah. This old cowboy, his name was Paul, he come walking over, very quiet. He says, uh, Pat, he says, you're hurting, ain't you? I says, real bad. Mm-hmm. He says, do you mind if I work that shoulder over, see if we can't get you straightened around? I says, yeah, go for it. Well, I want to tell you. I thought his thumbs were going to come through my shoulder. Really? That hard? Oh, terrible. Yeah. Well, he caught a nerve just right now. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh, oh. Well, now everybody's looking at me. <laughs> I says, well, I got to play this up. So yeah. I, oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm car- And I looked up at him and I says, Paul. If I could get you to shave your legs, I'd marry you. <laughs> well, that was the worst thing I could have oh, said. No. To but it broke the ice with the other cowboys. Yeah. And it was yeah. almost like I got accepted, you yeah. know. Yeah. And uh, they kind of took me under their wing and all. But I felt sorry for Paul because, oh, how them guys picked on him. Yeah. But we became yeah. best of friends. And worked, it, worked it out of your shoulder? I ended up coming back and uh, getting surgery done on him. Oh, my rotator did. and they oh, took uh, 12 spurs out of it. Oh, jeez. But I was young, and I didn't want to be a hindrance, you know, and uh, had a couple other things where going, old Nate said, wherever a cow goes, my horse can go. Yeah. Well, I was riding this big old horse. He was a cross between a Percheron and a Tennessee Walker, and Heifer took out, and I went out and brought her back, and I see a cow's going over this cliff. Well, 
me and old Big Tim, we start down that cliff, and I looked over, and the real cowboys are sliding down on their hinders. And here I am on Big Tim, and his feet are up alongside my head. Oh, my. Okay. We, oh, God. But the, we got to the bottom. He put his feet down, and I walked off up in the ravine there and kept the herd going. And yeah. Greg comes up, and he says, you know, for a cowboy back east, he says, you just did one hell of a job. <laughs> well, Greg, I says, I didn't want to be a pain. I said, yeah. just trying to do my job. But I didn't want to tell him I peed my pants and just <laughs> my shorts and everything sure, else. Sure. But, you know, it was things like that and yeah. uh, the real cowboy experience and okay. that stuff. That, okay. Well, that's uh, neat. You got, to, you got to live that lifestyle. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and what lessons did you bring back with you? Well, it's hard to say. Mm. You know, you got to think things over. You be a little quiet. And uh, for years, Donna wouldn't go with me. Yeah. And I always told her, I says, if you go before I do, you're going to Wyoming. Mm -hmm. I said, you're going to be in a metal can about so big around and so high, but, okay. and I'll okay. describe the trip to you. Yeah. Well, one year, it'd be six years ago, I got a call. and They asked me if I could come back in May and help them out, because I always went out in August. And uh, yeah. one of the Wranglers had died, and they needed some help if I could come out. And I says, yeah, I said, uh, let me see what I can do. So I asked Donna, I says, what are we going to do for our 50th? She says, whatever you want to do. I said, pack your bags, lady. You're going to Wyoming. <laughs> going to Wyoming for, <laughs> so the, for the 50th, 50th anniversary. I took her on a three-week cattle drive. Oh, my goodness. Did she have fun? She, she loved it. Yeah. I think yeah. it was the biggest mistake I ever made because this <laughs> ranch, 66,000 acres, and yeah. the headquarters was four and a half miles off the road. Yeah. I figured if the day ever come where she'd throw me out. I could go out there and hide and she'd never I find see, me. Never but find now she, she loves it and she goes, she's been back with me. Good, good for you. Good for her. And we stayed three nights out with the herd and she loved that. Must be, I didn't put enough rocks under her sleeping bag or yeah, something. Yeah, uh, yeah. She really enjoyed it. And it made me feel good because when I would come back, I, you know, describe what was going on and she got to see the life and all that. Okay. The only thing I wouldn't, didn't let her do in the Brandon uh, camp, uh, she kept the fire going. I okay. didn't let her go over where we were castrating. Yeah, so, you yeah, know yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> didn't want her to learn the tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, she really enjoyed it. So good. good. And so in 2006, you you went out there for the first time. You're still putting on your rodeo. Yep. So you got to get everything planned. You're working a lot of time on this rodeo all year long. Now you got the ranching thrown into the middle of this. Was the ranching part of losing some of the steam to the rodeo? No. 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 Okay. No. In fact, uh, <clears throat> the ranching part kind of helped because I did a lot of, uh, not a lot, but uh, I did a few talks at uh, different churches, men's clubs and all that stuff. And yeah. when I would go, I would take my saddle, my bedroll, my ropes, all my gear, Okay. And I would set up like a display. Cause okay. This one guy tried to tell everybody that our ropes we used were nothing but clotheslines. Yeah. And I would take all my gear. Okay. Plus my catalogs from National Roper Supply, Valley Bat, Snyder's, and all. And I would show them guys. I said, you know, here's a hundred different style ropes. Here's 150 different saddles and bits and bridles and all that stuff. And yeah. Uh, it would it, it worked out really good with yeah. the. And the rodeo experience and the, the ranch thing helped out a lot of my talks and that stuff. Are you still giving those talks? Do you Once still in have a while, I do. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. 
Um, so 2006, you, you find ranching. You still got more years of this rodeo to go. Uh, you ran through 2011, so six years total, started in 2005. Um, as you picked up steam, what what uh, what caused you to say, this is enough? With the town board and all that, they started uh, charging me outrageous rates for the, the rodeo. And the last year, I lost quite a bit of money. You did? And, okay. Uh, Sam was very good. He took what I had, but I made him a promise that I would pay him back, and mm-hmm. I got most of it done. I saw yeah. him a little bit, but yeah. uh, and I explained things to him, and he worked with me. And uh, if it wasn't for polit- that deal, I would probably still be doing it. Really, I would okay. have changed things a little bit different. But yeah. uh, it so, was a, it was a great experience. So, and I know we talked about this earlier. I know you're down and you're helping out in Benton, that great rodeo association down there. What um, if you were to do it all over again, I'm going to ask it kind of again, what would you do differently? Actually, nothing. Nothing. Okay. No. Because uh, I thought it went very well. Mm-hmm. We and we had good turnouts of cowboys. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I, you know, there would be some changes, little changes, but I thought the way I went about it and with Sam's help, it went really good. And uh, it helped out with some of my experience there helping out at Benton. And a uh, good friend of ours, Dave Hazlitt, his, I've been to his rodeo and helped him out. And North Washington, yeah. Met some great people. And Good, good. Okay. And and what are you doing? How are you helping them out down there in Benton? Yeah. <laughs> I was down there for this year's rodeo. Yep. I saw you on a Saturday. Yep. We stopped by on the way through. Um, looked like you had your hands full. You were, you were working, you were getting things done. Well, it's like every organization going, we got 600 shareholders. Mm -hmm. There's only about four of us doing all the work. Yeah. Okay. But we do have some young people coming up. You do. We had some problems with a couple shareholders and, but we've got a lot of good young people coming in. Yeah. Uh, helping, taking over. Good. Good. Because, you know, like we tell them, if you, the rodeo, Benton's there 39 years, I think, it, we've, they've done it. Yeah. And uh, we've got some very good young people. Some of them got the swear engine background, and they help out tremendous. And okay. uh, it's coming around very good. Yeah. We're making uh, this year, since COVID, we've had record crowds. Yeah. In fact, three years in a row now, the state police have shut us off and won't let us sell any more tickets. Okay. And, uh, we're going to put up more seating for 500 more people. You are. And we're any day now, we should be getting our delivery on them new bleachers. Where are you putting the new bleachers? On uh, the timed event. Timed event in? Where, you know, we had them two little sections of wood ones. Yeah. Yep. We took them out and poured a concrete slab in there. So by the French fry stand? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. You know, and, and the, the going to Benton, you know, they do youth rodeos there once a month, right? Oh, yeah. And the the seeds that they have sown will prove in the future. Yeah, there, there's a lot of kids that go down there and uh, the, are uh, learning how to do it with it's the uh, high school rodeos and uh, Keystone Junior rodeos yep. and their fun shows. We are booked probably three out of four weekends every month. Really? Yeah. Now, do you guys have to work all those weekends? Uh, 
the fun shows. Yeah, we do with the cooking and all that. Oh, you do? So you run your food stand yeah. all the way through? Well, it ain't much of a food stand. It's just the basics, hot hamburgers. Pizza? Pe- no, no, no pizza. Okay. Uh, hot hamburgers, sausage, pierogies, and macaroni and cheese. Cause, and soda and that. But uh, we can't, We there again, there's only three or four of us doing right. it all. Right, right. But we make, we do very good. Yeah. And another thing that's uh, come along really good is we have a big Indian powwow there the last two years. Oh, you do? Oh, that's very good. Really? Yeah. Okay. That's taken off for us. Okay. But uh, word got out, and with the improvements and different things, we have like three out of four weekends, we have a rodeo of some type going on there in Benton. Okay. What I always appreciated there was... They not only worked on the arena, tons of improvements over the years. Oh, my goodness, new announcing stands and and nice new bleachers everywhere. But they also helped the Cowboys and the Cowgirls, the infrastructure back there, making yep. sure there was water and electricity and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, we put new water out there in, in the parking lot there for all the Cowboys, and uh, we're going to put a little more in. We're not doing electric because that is very, very expensive. Okay. Before we put any basic electric out there, we want to get new lighting in the stadium. Okay. And uh, upgrade some new lights. We want to go to LEDs. Oh, really? We okay. had uh, three years ago now, I guess, we had that tornado go mm-hmm. through. It wiped our, our poles out. Yeah. It cost, we got a nice donation from the Pennsylvania Tourist Organization. Uh, but it cost us 28000 to put new poles up. Oh, my goodness. Okay. And, uh, you know, it, it was a big expense, but uh, we got it done. And, uh, we, you know, we're making improvements there. Some of our buildings now, we've put new siding on them and uh, got the roads fixed up pretty good. And uh, we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. Getting, the next, getting it ready for the next generation. You bet. And when are you going to do VIP uh, up above the announcer stand on both sides? <laughs> as soon as we can get some VIPs. <laughs> good, good that, that, would, that would really look very oh, Western up be, there. Yeah. You know, you already got the announcer standing. Up. The only problem with that, and I guess you could come in from the other side because you don't want to walk people through where the horses are. Yeah. But you could come in from Crick's side. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but that would put the Western touch to that whole if, place. If we could get the money in that, you know. Uh, the last three years, we've been uh, done very well. Mm-hmm. You know, we've bought a couple new mowers, uh, lawn uh, arena stuff, and mm-hmm. upgraded our electric. We're making quite a bit of improvements. And what's nice, uh, we paid off all them old bleachers, uh-huh. or the new ones there. We had a loan on them. That's all been paid off. All the aluminum bleachers are paid off. Yeah. And uh, we have a separate account where... Say if we do have a bad year, we've got enough saved that we can take care of the contractor to pay them and not have to borrow money and all that other stuff. And, uh, wow. Wow. It's, it's going along really good. Yeah. Yeah. Great facility, and every year they're doing I can remember when they relocated the announcer stand from that creek side in the corner. We, yeah. uh, one of our things in the future is to extend, put a roof up over that whole 
top up there. Oh, up, up by the announcer yeah. stand and the yeah. speakers where everything, yeah. all the sound goes. No. Great place to go. We were there on the Saturday night. We saw you. I sat. I was in that old section of bleachers down by the timed event right in front of the right in front of the french fry stand i sat on the top row my wife and i so i guess that's now a memory because yep. those aren't even yep. going to be yep. there anymore and uh what's made it nice with the the new kid the younger generation that's coming in there they went with the online ticket sales yes that, and that was went nice. over very big yep sunday night for the bullorama by quarter to eight at night, we'd parked 1,080 cars. And it, it was sold standing room only. And, you know, and uh, we had a few complaints because, you know, people should know that, it, you don't. if the event starts at 7.30, don't come in there at 7.30 and think you're going to get a front row seat on right, something like right, that. Right. And, uh, but we've got it handled pretty good, and the police are working with us really. The, the community's starting to come around. Yeah. We got the road fixed. That that was really bad there, and got the road all rebuilt. And so the um, what's your total seating capacity there now with these brand new bleachers you're putting? It'll be over four thousand. Over four thousand people. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we have a good year, we want to put some more on the other side of the timed event. And uh, oh, you're just doing the one side one of section, the timed yeah, event one right section. now. That little section there for is. Printer eighty thousand dollars, and how many seats? Three hundred. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Wow. There's behind the scenes, Sam. Mm -hmm. You want to know what it's going to talk uh, cost to put a rodeo together? And this is an established. Cover oh. that. Well, we have the money though. Yeah. See, that's why we decided to do it. I mean, we went the right way. We put a concrete slab in there, and uh, it's going to tie in with. The other ones there for their handicap ramp and two oh, okay. sets of steps and all that. So it's pretty much a continuation yeah. from the side. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And to our listeners, if you haven't been to this Benton Rodeo, uh, they'll be celebrating 40 years this yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and it it opens up on a Thursday night, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The main rodeos. rodeo. But the we main start rodeos. on a Tuesday night yeah. with a fun show. Yeah. And it's all free. Yeah. And Wednesday night is barrel racing. That's free. Yeah. And then... Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday is the rodeo and the bullorama. Yeah, and uh, and get your tickets now. Don't. And, oh yeah, and yeah. be there by seven o'clock. And oh, I get gotta, there by six. <laughs> and I, I got to tell you, there's great food there. Yeah. Whether whether you're into pierogies or pizza or holaski, holaski, holuski, holuski, yeah, which is wonderful. If you haven't had that. I, I think it's the official food of that rodeo, if I'm not mistaken. I heard somebody say that one time. <laughs> it, it's We go through a couple hundred pounds of cabbage. Yeah. I know that. Absolutely. And pizza. Pizza. My goodness. And and it's frozen, and it's pizzas that you're getting from a pizza um, yeah. company, right? A restaurant. A little uh, pizza stand in, down in uh, Bloomsburg. And they bring it in, and the pizza ovens are right there. So you're eating fresh out of the oven. Burn your fingers type pizza. You got it. You might have to wait a minute. We try to stay ahead of time, but yeah. once in a while. And the price is really reasonable. Yeah. Uh, three bucks. You Absolutely. Know? And, and the milkshakes? With that, that's another. See, the, the main food stand is run by a church. Yeah. And we give them a percentage. Okay. And they have been able to put a roof on a church 
over in Africa and have a well drilled in with the money zone. that they've made off in the rodeo. The Ben Little League takes care of the milkshakes. Yep. And they've done very good. The fire department. French fries. French fries. The Lions Hand Club. cut. No kidding. Hand, Hand cut. cut French fries. You want to watch them, they'll, they'll cut them in front yep. of you. Yep. Everything's fresh. Yep. And uh, the Boy Scouts help out with the parking. And uh, it's the community is really good. The wrestling club now has uh, been involved, the high school wrestling. You bet. Helping us put up fence. Rodeo and wrestling. Rodeo and wrestling. Rodeo it and always wrestling. comes down yeah. to that. Yeah. It just does. Yeah. Um, and two other things I want to talk about. One, um, Thomas Brothers Hattery is always there. Tom, Western wear. Thomas Western wear. Western right? wear. Yeah. Yeah. Your friend, Dave Thomas. I guess, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a good friend. Yeah. Very good. Always got great hats and everything. The best. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Did you ever see a, mo- a movie, Grumpy Old Men? Yeah. These two together. Yeah, is that right? Yeah. Well, I have to be grumpy with him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. he's uh, But through Dave Thomas, yeah. you know, he judged horse shows all over the world. I okay. mean, Germany, Australia. Yeah. He knows a ton of people. How many people, the average person from back here, would be able to say that you stay at Ted Turner's house, ranch, and when you walk in Ted Turner. When I left there last year, he says, if I ever hear you guys are in Texas and you don't stay here, your hinders are grass. Really? And when you pull in, he says, you know where your room is. Yeah, he says, Ted Turner. Ted Turner. TNT. Yep. TNN. I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think it was TNN. 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 Back yeah. in the day, right? Okay. And and, and not only him, or but CNN. The, didn't he Did start CNN? CNN? Or, I, yeah, I think he started CNN. Not okay. only him, but sure. uh, the different cowboys. It, it, it's basically uh, raining, okay. cutting horses and that yeah. stuff. You know, yeah. Sean McQuay, McQuay there and different yeah. ones. I, I'm a little nervous. I can't remember all the names and all that stuff. But the the people that Dave knows is on Carol Rose. You go to Carol Rose's ranch, and we know a couple of them trainers right there. And, uh, and and I, if I'm not mistaken, and Sam, maybe you can help me with this. Dave Thomas isn't he a wrestling judge, referee? referee? Yeah, he's yeah. big into wrestling. And I know he was awfully proud of landing Cal Sanderson. Yeah, at at Penn State, he was pretty proud of that. Although he's New Jersey, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Right. Yeah. yeah he's in kind of. He's he's in New Jersey, but it's kind of right there in the New York. Pennsylvania, right up New in Jersey that little corner. corner. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, okay. Yeah. He, we, He's quite a character. I yeah. I get him something fierce. <laughs> we always talk wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. But and, I get him. I'll watch uh, the PBR or something at two o'clock. Well, Dave is always. He won't watch it till seven at night on okay. the rerun. Well, I'll watch it in the afternoon. No. I'll call him up about five and I'll hey, uh, want a bit of lunch? Dalen's going to ride tonight. I think he's going to get 88 or 87. Or I said, ah, you want to bet Dalen don't ride? Yeah, yeah, I'll bet you lunch. I'll bet you dinner. Well, this went on for a couple of years before he realized that it was, I was you watching, were watching it. watching it live. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He was on tape. He never life. paid up, though. He <laughs> never he? paid no, or anything. No, no. <laughs> um, and before we leave the conversation at Benton, you got to talk about Saturday morning performance, the Special Kids Rodeo. Yeah, that's, it's going good. 
we've uh, lost a few from age. You know, they're getting older and all that, but we still, it's put on by the by us in the community there, and uh, we still feed them and give them gifts and do a little rodeo for them and uh, horse rides, and uh, that's still going good. I'd like to see them make some improvements, some suggestions to get more kids involved, but we're working on that. Okay. And, uh, I'd like to see it get as big as mine someday, but yeah, yeah. That, that yeah. was always a very, very important part of that rodeo. Well, and that, you know, I've done a handful of them through the years at different places, mm -hmm. and uh, there's three that stand out: Pat's, of course, Benton, and uh, one in New Jersey. Okay, at, uh, Skillman, okay. New Jersey. They, okay, they did it for Down syndrome kids. So we had a lot of special things we had to do. You couldn't have the noise too loud because that bothers those kids. Mm -hmm. And uh, the families, you know, they don't get to go to things because the kids can't handle the noise and yep. see it. And right. it was as much for the parents as it was the kids. Sure. And uh, That's that neat. family uh, you bet. did an outstanding job. So all three of them are the best, you know. I've been uh, very fortunate. Um, I had to look forward to it, but down in uh, Millville, outside of Benton, they have a Camp Victory, mm -hmm. and that's uh, a Ronald McDonald House for oh, okay. Cancer Kids. Okay. And Mel and I have gone over there when they have their like summer night and all that, and uh, done some talk. <clears throat> and a couple of years ago, we went over, and I met the director for Ronald McDonald, and uh, I took a rope and a rope and dummy and. You know, we let the kids show the kids and all that. Well, we had a young lad, 14, lost his leg. Oh, my. Well, Mel's been without a leg for, drove truck, you know. Well, this kid was very miserable, very terrible. Mm -hmm. Well, Mel and him talked for about an hour. Mel got a call the next day, and they couldn't get over how that lad had changed his attitude after talking to Mel. Mel mm -hmm. told him, he says, you can even climb a ladder if you put your mind to it and yeah, all that. Yeah. And uh, the uh, wow. the big guy from Ronald McDonald there, he uh, asked me, he says, would you come to New Jersey? He says, not that far from here. He says, and, you know, talk to the kids. And I said, yeah, I, said, I wouldn't mind. He says, we'll pay you whatever you want. I mm -hmm. said, no, sir. Mm -hmm. I said, I don't take a cent. Mm -hmm. I says, just a smile yeah. on these kids' faces, yeah. that's all I want. And all the years that I've done schools, churches, I mean, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm not bragging, but I really enjoy helping kids out. Mm -hmm. And uh, like I, you know, when I go to school, I figure if I can just get one lad to wear a cowboy hat and keep on the Western tradition, that's all I want. Yeah, yeah. Of course, my kids, they don't want nothing to do with it. No, <laughs> no, no, understood, understood. That happens, right? That happens. But, so uh, so talk about riding horses in the Adirondacks. No, it's, uh, we go, well, I've rode on a couple of good ones. Uh, one time with Donnie Hefner there, we rode, we left uh, Tupper Lake on a Sunday Rode six nights, stayed right in the Adirondacks over to Lake Placid and back. Okay. okay. Not knowing, Donnie knew where the trails were, but mm -hmm. camping right out. And I'll never forget the first year I went in 94. Don, he says, uh, you want to do the cooking? I said, sure. I said, I'll cook. Well, we get up there and we got three Coleman stoves. 
I says, what do you think I am, a chef, chef tell <laughs> right. here or something? Right. Well, we leave, go out the first night, I get the stove out, don't work. Yeah. Get the second stove out, that one don't work. Oh, no. Get the third stove out, yeah. only one burner works out of oh, three wow. stoves. Oh, wow. I says, Donnie, none of these stoves work. Yeah, he says they didn't work last year either. Oh, <laughs> you know, that's typical Donnie. You Hefner. packed them in yeah. still. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we rode hard for a couple days. Yeah. Then we quit on Tuesday. Yeah. Got this nice, found a lean to and all that. And we get set up. And now we're, we had the five horses and we're carrying the grain. So you had pack horses. Pack horses and everything, you know. And we get there, get untacked and everything. Donnie comes over and says, We ain't staying here. I says, why not? This is beautiful. We're next to the creek. We can go in and take a bath and all. No, he says, too much company. We ain't seen a soul since yeah. we pulled off the main road Saturday. Go look in the into and here they lean to, and here's all kinds of snakeskins where they'd been shedding. Oh, all. my goodness. We packed up and rode. Not staying there. there. Not staying there. Did, <clears throat> but, you, did you see any bears on any oh, yeah. of these trips? Yep. And yep. the horses, how did they behave? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. Uh, the one play, one time I was riding this horse and we come between a bear and her cubs and my horse, you know, we said, I, my wife says, I don't know about you guys, but I'm, you think that horse of mine would move, yeah, you know? yeah. but, uh, we've, we've run into bear, a lot of okay. deer wow. and uh, coyotes and that stuff. Okay. But, uh, okay. my biggest thing, uh, what I was really surprised is down in Benazet in Elk County to be. 20 feet from a bugling elk. Really? And on horse, horseback? On horseback. And the horses are very good about that. Really? And, uh, okay. But uh, up in there in the Andorondacks, we go to the, called Otter Creek. It's 8,800 acres of oh, wow. strictly horse trails. Okay. Beautiful ride. Okay. And uh, ride all day. Campsites for you and things you can well, use. Well, they have three campsites. Okay. And they have tie stalls. Oh, okay. Hold, uh 20 horses each one. Okay. And they ride all day. And uh, <clears throat> these people I ride with, they get a little sick. They've been going there a long time. They, yeah. they get sick of the trail, so we do a lot of bushwhacking. Really? Go oh, off yeah. trail? Off trail. Okay. And uh, a year ago, we was crossing the Racket River. Off trail? Off trail. Mm. And uh, for some reason, it was cold. And for some reason, when I left... I took everything out of my pockets, everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, we're going down this little incline, and I'd been across this river a dozen times, and mm -hmm. I said to this friend of mine, I says, I got a bad feeling about this. Seven, seven women and me and Matt, and uh, start across the river, and I get right in the middle, and my horse slipped on some rocks, and down he went. The horse went down. The horse went down, and I was underneath him. You were underneath, underneath the horse, him. under the water. Underwater. How deep was the water? Uh... About three and a half, four okay, feet. Okay, okay. And I couldn't get out. He couldn't get up, and I was hung up in the stirrup. And, and you're underwater. I'm underwater. And I was right down to my last breath. And I, I remember looking up through the water, because that water up there is kind of uh, like iron-colored. It's brown, you know. And I was looking up through that water, and I says, Dear Lord, if you ever wanted to help me, I could sure use some help now. And next thing I know, I was out of that water. I got loose from my horse. Okay. And uh, I went to get up, Yeah. and I couldn't get up. It was only 34 degrees. Now, picture this. 34 degree out, 
outside. Okay. Now picture this. I got long underwear. Yeah. Dungarees. Yeah. My leather chaps. Yeah. A t-shirt. A heavy sweatshirt. Yeah. Heavy flannel shirt. Yeah. A hoodie. Yeah. A vest and a Carhartt jacket. And everything soaked. Right to the bear. And weighs how much at that point? Over 100 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Matt come in to help me. Yeah. I couldn't get up. Yeah. And I reached up, grabbed him by the stirrup, mm-hmm. and he was afraid I'd pull his horse over. Yeah. And I I don't remember it, but he says I run him out. And one of the other girls come in to help me, and I run her off. And uh, I couldn't get up. Every time I went to get up, I'd fall down. Kept going under. And uh, Matt, Matt said the best way to describe it, if you watch the movies where you see the cowboys get caught in the rapids going down through with their horse and all that, he says that's what it looked like. He said, and uh, anyways, I used my elbows to start crawling. Yeah. And when I got close to shore, Matt threw a rope in and I caught it. And they dragged me up on shore, got all my clothes off me. We, because uh, we ride all day, they whipped up some soup. We had hot water, whipped up some soup, and the girls had the hand warmers. And I was a couple hours, be- and the last I'd seen my horse, his head was just barely sticking out of the water. And uh, when I got so that I could talk, and that, I asked, us, where's my horse? And he was right in back of me, standing there. He was. No injury to the horse. Well, I thought he broke, he got banged up. He had some scrapes, but... After a, broken. Couple, after a couple hours, I where I got semi-mobile, I rode him back. I had a two-hour, better than a two-hour ride back to my camper. In 34-degree weather, you're soaked to the bone. How did you, you had to get out of there for hypothermia. You had yeah. to get out of the clothes. What'd you do? Well, Matt Gar started taking all my clothes off me. Yeah. Yeah. He says, you ain't embarrassed, are you? I says, hell, I says. I'm shrunk up so bad that we want women are going to think I'm a woman, for Christ's sakes. But <laughs> <laughs> the girls were very good. They yeah. started uh, giving me sweatshirts, and Matt stripped right down. He took his long underwear and socks off, and uh, one of the girls gave me a pair of leggings. And them things ain't that bad, really, Doug. You know, you ought to try them sometime. Because we was going to be gone all day. They, I was shaking Sharon and Elizabeth. They fed me some soup, and the girls... Uh, I say girls, there was 14, 15 teenagers, you yeah, know, yeah. and they had hand warmers. They put them on me, and after a couple hours, I got so that I could ride, and I rode my horse back to my, over a two-hour ride back to my, my camper, goodness. turned the heat up to 100, yeah. changed clothes because I was yeah. Still wet, wet. Still crawled cold. in my sleeping bag for over three hours before I got mobile again. And, really, uh, really. Well, thank goodness you were with other folks. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? And, you know, like... I had mentioned to Matt, I says, as much as you hate to see something like that, with these young girls, the one girl, it was her first time on a big trail ride and all that, and a couple in the other girl, I'm glad it happened to me yeah. and not somebody else. Right, right. right. And uh, it was quite an experience. And yeah. then after telling my wife and the kids about, well, uh, they took a Sharon took a picture of me just as I was entering the river and had it made into a jigsaw puzzle. Mm. And then uh, I didn't say nothing, but Elizabeth, a good friend of mine, she told Donna about it. Well, then between my wife and uh, kids and grandkids and all that, after uh, 72 years, they kind of talked me into retiring. You were 72 years old when this happened? No, I was 76. 
You were but seventy-six. I've been, I've been riding horses for seventy-two years. You were seventy-six years old when yeah. you went down in the river. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Matt said, uh, "He said the average guy wouldn't have made it." He no. Said, but, no. No. But uh, you know, the family says, "You know, you've been grandpa. You've been riding horses and had accidents for seventy-two years, and you ought to think about retiring." Yeah. Well, I did. You did. Sold the horse. Sold the horse, sold my trailer. I didn't realize that I didn't need 65 brushes and 48 lead lines and all this other stuff. But uh, now that the winter's come on, or, you know, the bad weather, and I got a lot of time to sit around, uh, I'm kind of sorry I did it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I, I've had a very good career on, and I'm still doing rodeos, and I'm yeah. still going to them. And, yeah. uh, you know, Sam took... One of his rodeos there, I got busted up pretty bad, and he took he's a great housekeeper, Sam is. Oh, he took care of you, did he? Pardon? He took care of you? Oh, yeah. Okay. He made a bed up for me and everything. Okay. One of his rodeos in Huntington, one of his bulls like, run me over, and I dislocated my left shoulder. Oh, my goodness. Broke my right shoulder. And how old were you then? Oh, I don't know. That was quite a few years ago. Yeah. I was in my 60s. Yeah, early 60s, probably. Yeah. But uh, went to Mike. His brother Mike put me in the chute and put my shoulder back in, but the one that was broke, they took me to a little hospital. And Holy the, uh, cow, you was banged up. Doctor, give me some real good stuff. Man, yeah. I was a happy camper. <laughs> For a while, yeah. <laughs> Not only that, but all the women that were helping, they were bringing me my food and feeding me and everything. And uh, So you got you got uh, next year's rodeo. You'll be back to Benton. Oh, yeah. Okay. And... and Coming up here pretty quickly, you got kind of a big trip lined out. Next week, I'm going to the NFR. You are? Yes, sir. How long are you going to be out there? Uh, we're going Tuesday and come back Saturday. Okay. Will you go to the Thomas and Mac? Oh, yeah. Okay. We, uh, last year, we were there. Okay. I've been there, I don't know, numerous times. I started going to the PBR back in 96. Okay. And uh, last year, we met this gentleman there in... Uh, He's the barn manager. He's been out there 25 years. He's a barn manager. And uh, what had happened is Dave Thomas's son, who was a Navy SEAL, and uh, he's a lieutenant in the New Jersey State Police, got a great sense of humor. Yeah. Right there. Well, there was a pharmaceutical convention going on. And we had these women believing that they were nothing but legalized drug pushers. And, well, this... <laughs> Paul heard us. Yeah. He come over and joined in. Well, him and Dave got talking, and uh, they'd been, this Paul had been to different horse shows that Dave had been at and different things, and uh, we come very good friends. Well, now we call Paul in the morning, and we get to go out back in the barn where the really? all the stock. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. And uh, I've been in touch with him. We're going to meet up with him next week. Okay. And uh, Dave is very good friends with Marty Barnes, who's got some bulls out there. He gets sure. us our seats. Okay. Marty does. Yep. Okay. And uh, Dave knows a few of them people. Yeah. In fact, uh, Marty Barnes, his daughter is trying to be Miss uh, Rodeo American. Oh, this year? She needed a white hat and bought it from Dave Thomas. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. All the connections. This is cool. Yeah. And uh, it's nice, you know. Yeah. We a lot of people. Well, Sam's been there because he's had stock out there and all that. But you get out back and see what goes on and and all that. And do you go to the the convention and such? I oh mean, yeah, a lot and of rodeo clowns that have worked with oh, us. Oh yeah, a lot Last, of talent. I so. see uh, Robbie Hodges yeah. and uh, yeah. Yeah. 
you know, I see all the guys lined up there. And, yeah. you know, uh, it's amazing around here. Some of the boys that have made it out to the NFR, like Jeff Askey, you know, you, and you, you look at Tyler Walls, how good he's done, and look how good Dalen has done. And, yep. uh, yeah. you know, people don't realize that, but the, the rodeo people that know, you know, how good it is. And I had one, uh, working this one job, just guys telling me how good he knows Mike Swearingen and he knows Dalen and this and that and everything else. He says, you know him? I said, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> well, I, I went to my truck and got that picture of me and Dalen when he won his first buckle, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the the rodeo career, the Western lifestyle, has been very good, very good. And uh, I've met some great people and had some great times, and uh, I wouldn't change it for one bit. Okay. And I'm, as long as I can keep looking down at the grass, and I'm going to continue to do it. You so. bet. You bet. Well, that's excellent. Well, it's great to have you on with us oh, today. It, you know, it, it's uh, it's really good to be with you two. You're both legends, and you don't realize it. But uh, <laughs> through you, uh, a couple of the thing, things that I have announced is from watching you and Jordan. You know, I was looking at your pad there one night, and I said, you got that lady's name spelled wrong. He says, look, he says, D C. You know, the way you had to, yeah. and I use that and all that. Phonetically, spelling yeah. it phonetically. And, Not uh, perfect, but. That first night in Benton when you rode my horse, yeah, yeah, I teared up. Okay. I said, old Bubba there. I, said, I called the wife. I said, you ain't going to believe this, but I said, Doug's riding Bubba. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then when you rode him in my rodeo, you, you go in through the gate and he started bucking. For <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> that happened. But uh, no, with. Uh, through Sam and both you, I've, it's been a great, great career, and I yep. wouldn't miss it for anything. I says it's been super, and it's just a pleasure to know you too and be affiliated with you. And you bet, you bet. Well, we yeah. appreciate it. Right back at you. You bet. Yep. And uh, you bet. We going to Texas again, February. And Perfect. Well, enjoy the NFR. We're we're we've got a show we're going to be putting together on the NFR. Oh, so, are you? so. Yeah, great to and and if you don't have anything going on in January, uh, we're going to the international finals rodeo down in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Really? Yeah, Sam and I and Mike's coming along with us, and we'll be doing some recording down there I'll have as to well. See about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to Texas again and uh, spend the day that the hat companies. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, good. Well, we appreciate you being on the show oh, today, I Pat. Really, you know, I really appreciate this. And uh, I don't want to sound like, uh, you know, I'm bragging or anything, but it's just part of my lifestyle that I'm very proud of. And, you know, I'm proud to be a cowboy and uh, wear my Western attire and, and what I've done. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's like Sam and Mike and uh, the whole Swearingen family and uh, – you know, it's it's a pleasure to meet them and be affiliated with them. And you bet. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Very well said. Excellent. And, uh, Excellent. Hopefully I'll have a few, few more years. Absolutely. Know? Well, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> like uh, when I see somebody uh, shake their hand, how are you doing today? And I'll tell them it's the best day of my life. Yep. And, well, why is that? You know, I said, well, I'm looking down at the grass. My name's not in the obituaries, and yeah. I get to see nice people like you. And I says, if I see you tomorrow, I'll tell you the same thing. You bet. 
That's yeah. what I look forward to. Well, that's yeah. neat, and that's a good good thing to share with folks. And, as you go I really appreciate this. So. You bet. Well, we appreciate you coming. And to our listeners, we hope that you enjoyed this episode of our podcast today with Pat Tooley. If you do, please share it with your friends. We're up on Facebook. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube. You name it, you can find us. All you got to do is search for Beyond the Shoots and follow us. Remember, check out the New York State Rodeo Museum Facebook group page and become a member. And we'd like to say thank you to Parasite Systems for their support with our podcast, Parasite system is a push button parasitic diagnostic system for your pasture animals horses cattle goats sheep and chickens and for your companion animals your dogs and your cats you can find them at parasitesystems.com and remember we have a coupon btc023 for 50 percent off your test kits go online order it up use that coupon save some money let's do some testing and maybe we can reduce our treatment of parasites This is Beyond the Shoots with Sam's Wern. (laughs) Pat Tooley. Now, wait a minute. Let's do this right. This is Beyond the Shoots with Pat Tooley. And And Sam's (laughs) Wern. Until next time, this is Pat Tooley. I'm sorry. This is Doug Simcox. (laughs) And thank you for listening. Thank you very much.